has been for 25 years the role of the board health physician and he is um, retiring and we want to thank him for his service for all he's done especially the last few years with COVID and it was a job well done. Any Free. Other? Yeah. Okay. Next we're going to talk about the appointment of Dr. Daniel Muse. Dr. Daniel Muse is currently the medical director for the Canton Police Department, the district physician for Canton Public Schools, the school physician to the Blue Hills Regional Technical School, and provides counsel, uh, consulting services to the Canton Fire Department. Pending board of health approval and select board approval of the health department, uh, Dr. Muse will be taking over from doc, Dr. Robert D'Agostino. So, is there a motion to appoint Dr. Daniel Muse to be the new town physician for the Board of Health? A motion to appoint Dr. Daniel Muse as the new Board of Health physician for a period of no more than three years. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. Um, the, uh, and I will agree. So the motion passes three to zero. Um, just to add in the notes that the stipend is $3,000 a year for uh, Dr. Muse. Should we vote on the payment? Or do you think it's clear? Well, that's okay. I said no more than three years, but I did not say for $3,000. So I'll make a motion to um, up, approve the stipend of $3,000 per year for Dr. Daniel Muse. For three years. For yeah, three no more years. Than is there a second? I second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Motion passes 3-0. Also, um, we need to rehire um, some staff um, in anticipation of possible increases in vaccination clinics, contact tracing this fall. We're looking to rehire Jared Blakely, Julianne Goodrich, Maeve Moore, Deborah Tyler as temporary per deem staff to assist as needed. Is there a motion? Uh, motion to rehire um, Jared Blakely, Julian Goodrich, Maeve Moore, and Deborah Tyler as temporary per diem staff to assist as needed. I'll second the motion. Motion passes three to zero. Let's go to um, vouchers and bills. Has everybody had a chance to look over them? Yes. Any questions? Not from me. So can we make a motion to accept the vouchers and bills? I'll make a motion to accept the vouchers and bills as presented. Is there a second? I second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Motion passes three to zero. <clears throat> Under, we're going to do discussion next, and we have... What? Can you do the minutes, please? Oh, sure. So we have a the minutes for the june 6 2022 meeting is there any questions discussion oh, i think i was oh, good with looks it looks good okay so can we do a motion to accept motion to accept the june 6 2022 minutes is there a second second all in favor aye aye, aye. motion passes three to zero okay let's go to discussion we have heather bianchi with us tonight who's doing a presentation on what she's doing. <laughs> if you Hi, um, it's nice to see you all again. Um, again, my name is Heather Bianchi and I've been interning um, with the Canton Board of Health for the summer. 
and I've been helping to work on the community health assessment initiative um, that we're getting started. Um, so I've passed out a packet for you and I'm just gonna go over some of the highlights um, and give you a project update and then where it's going to be going um, after my last day on Wednesday. Wow. Um, so to start the summer, I conducted 10 key informant interviews with various stakeholders throughout Canton. Um, and some of these uh, stakeholders were in the public library, public health nursing, elder and human services, social work, veterans affairs, um, and business ownership. And additionally, I also talked to a senior citizen uh, resident and a undergraduate resident as well. Um, and I analyzed these interviews and used them um, to look at key themes that helped guide me in the creation of a community health survey um, that's now ready to be distributed. Um, some of the themes that I wanted to highlight um, where all 10 key informants expressed a concern for mental health, particularly in accessing services, knowing where they are, and just a general sense of um, knowing how to respond to someone who's struggling. Um, also, food security was an issue that uh, stakeholders talked about, and um, they mentioned that part of it could be due to inflation, but also that they noticed that this was a trend throughout the pandemic, um, which is kind of exacerbated by current times and information access. Stakeholders also described a gap in um, residents being able to not only access the internet, but then if they do have access, being able to use it, particularly among elderly residents, um, those with different educational histories and residents with disabilities. And also stakeholders reported a, a need for more information to be around town uh, regarding events and all information and they experienced some members not knowing how to access Board of Health Services or not knowing how to get to different town services in general. Um, and then some other trends that came up uh, were substance issues, such as a, a lack of resources for those not yet in recovery and some stigma surrounding those that are currently still using substances, as well as um, I just wanted to highlight a need for additional support and inclusion for various groups in Canton. Um, there was a uh, sentiment for a more need for LGBTQIA plus um, resources, especially um, regarding education and for healthcare. Um, and then also education around uh, mental health support, sexual assault, and uh, early signs of memory issues. And then I took all of the key informant interviews and I created a community health survey um, that you'll find. There's two surveys. So the first one was just a small community sample that I did um, with 12 residents. And so you'll be able to see at figure one, um, just some notable findings from that survey. You'll see that 100% of respondents um, highlighted mental health as a topic that they want to see on the survey. And then um, the second QR code is to the community health assessment survey where I um, compiled everything that the stakeholders wanted and the community wanted and I also used um, Braintree, Cambridge, and Metro West community health assessments. I borrowed from some of their questions that I thought would be useful. Um, and so going forward, the survey is ready to be distributed by the Board of Health along with community partners. And then the data will be analyzed um, with support from NCA uh, regional epidemiologists and 
uh, it will be culminated into a report that can then be used to guide future health initiatives. And I know that the data is preliminary, but I highlighted some initial recommendations based on my own research. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to suggest um, was that the Board of Health consider advocating to join the interface portal uh, for mental health. So that is a Massachusetts service um, that is a mental health referral system and any community in Massachusetts can join the service and it's free and um, referral counselors will be able to refer um, community members in need to different mental health services. And I highlighted um, one, two, three, four, uh, five of um, the NCA communities already participate in the service. And does anyone have any questions? I have a question. Yeah. First of all, thank you. This is great, and it helps us a lot. Um, is that something that we could put on the website for, like, it, for the community members to access that barcode? Is that is that something we? Oh, could... for the survey. No. Um, if they wanted to reach out, you mentioned if they wanted to reach out to like counselors or something. Was there a? Oh, um, yeah, so the interface portal, that's something that um, Canton has to like sign up for to be a participating community. And then that service is accessible to anyone in Canton. I'm not sure exactly how the sign up process works for interface, um, but Do you know yeah. how the referral, sorry to cut you off. Do you know how the referral process works? So anyone has access to this, this portal, they can go on and say they're a Canton resident. Yeah. yeah, so there's a phone number and then also you could fill out like an email form um, and then it said you get matched with a referral counselor who will call you for a phone screen and see what mental health services you're looking for, what your insurance is, um, like what preferences you have for providers. And then it said that they take all of that information and find uh, potential providers for you to set up an appointment with. Do you know how, um, how long wait times are for people to get into those providers? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I could um, have James send out the link to the website. Yeah, um, I know it said that I, there was a message on the website that said that wait times are a little bit longer than normal because a lot of people are accessing the service. But um, yeah, I just didn't see Canton on there as a participant and I thought that it would be a great start or a great resource yeah, that's for awesome. people to have. Yeah, Ruth, is that something we can look into? I mean, ultimately, you guys would have to decide that you, you guys need to look into it, and you guys wanna, you, you, you guys are gonna have to decide. Yes, this would be something that's great for Canton, and then you would say, hey, Ruth, or Barbara, you know, um, can you sign us up for this? You know, and I, I can totally look into it. It's no problem. But I think we all should look at it, and it sounds like something that would be useful. Yeah, I'd like to learn more about it. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we all uh, maybe um, I can email you guys tomorrow. You know, so what the cost whatever, is and all this, but you know, obviously, a hundred percent of people mention mental health. So, For sure. yeah. you know, you know, we've discussed that numerous times. So, so I, let's look into that definitely for the future. Um, I just want to go over some of the other categories because it's yeah. it's things that you know we've talked about for a long time, and substance abuse. You know, we've mentioned that so many times here, but you know, it can't be. Um, you know, we have the CASA group here, and for people in the audience, you know, reach out to them. They have access to care. And exercise. 
Yeah, that was good. I think this gives us a good uh, starting point, so I, I congratulate you. Thank Heather, you. do you know how often the um, community health assessment should be completed? Um, I don't know offhand um, what's like recommended, but um, from what I've been seeing, like based on my research, every three years is when most uh, agencies do. I know for a lot of Massachusetts hospitals, like it's a requirement by law that they do it every three years. So I think a lot of the towns like follow that trend. So when you're gone, who helps to complete those? Yeah, um, so James, <laughs> James will be help helping. Help. I think I just got bone told. <laughs> Adding more work to your plate. <laughs> Um, I just want to highlight too that something that I've learned throughout the summer is that the community health assessment should not just be a standalone project with the Board of Health. Um, it's also meant to be in collaboration with a lot of agencies. So um, part of the intention with doing a lot of my stakeholder interviews was to make sure that questions that they want to know from the community are represented in the survey so that they have an incentive to help distribute it and collect responses and really make it feel like it's a a town-wide effort rather than just the Board of Health. So I think back to what Alan was saying, that survey that you gave initially, can we post that on Facebook and see if a wider population is also interested in all that? Yeah, I would love that. That'd be cool, because that could help to highlight why interface is so important for us to get if we thought it was mm -hmm. appropriate. Yeah. yeah, and then the full comprehensive assessment, um, I think it's still in the review process with James and Barbara, but once that's available too, um, that could be on the website or on the Facebook page and um, all the stakeholders that I worked with are happy to um, disseminate amongst their networks as well. That's awesome. I'm just wondering about the, um, the, the, the QR code and that final one, like how do you, do you just post that on Facebook? Like how do you get that out to, out to the community? Um, so the, the whole survey can be printed as well. I think yeah. we should do it in as many formats as possible. So, you know, the QR code could be posted. We could print out a flyer with the QR code or just print out the full survey so that anyone can And then I fill it out, I fill it out, and then what do I do with the information? Um, like if you're doing it in person? Yeah, like just say I was putting it out in paper. Yeah. So if it was done at like the library, library yeah. then Andrea or whoever she put in charge would be able to collect them all and then just have communication I with see. you guys to be like, okay, I have 20 forms for and you. And so we get all the information back. It comes to the Board of Health. Yes. And Even though it's kind of like a town-wide thing. Yes. But we're going to be the main... I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just wondering how it works, you know. Um. So then after you feel like you've gathered enough um, yeah. responses, um, the regional epidemiologists, um, Rachel Brace, and yeah. I'm not sure her last name, Amber, they um, offered to work with James and Barbara to analyze the data. Okay. And basically that will be published into a report okay. and you can do with that right, okay. whatever it is that you want to. <laughs> How long does it typically take to fill out the survey? Um, I haven't timed it, um, but I would estimate 15 minutes? I'd say 20 minutes just 20? to be safe. Yeah, for, 20 for, minutes. You know, given the fact that you know the questions, I would, I'd estimate an extra five minutes of about 20 minutes. Right, right. Is there any advantage to having a shortened version that maybe more people would do if it takes less time to fill out? I don't know what I'm asking. Um, in future surveys, I would argue yes. The reason for the length of this current survey is that Kent has not had a survey in a large number of years to the point we, there no records could be found of a previous survey. 
um, in consultation with Cindy Bonner, as well as she had consulted with Terry Curry, who had been the nurse before her, mm -hmm. and nobody could find a record of any survey having been performed, uh, which is why this project started in the first mm -hmm. place, is we felt it was important to know where we stand overall as a community. Um, and the questions that are on the survey right now are really actually pared down uh, from where it was initially. Um, the initial starting point was actually the um, nature of the National Association of uh, City and Council Health Officers um, was their survey, which probably takes about 45 minutes to complete. Um, so this has been pared down quite a bit. Um, and then adding in the focus of where the towns, um, the survey people wanted, like the mental health. And so there's a bit more in that um, just to kind of help guide those questions as well. We can see the response again. And if Absolutely. it looks like people don't want to put the time in, then maybe yeah. we could yeah. <laughs> make it shorter. Mm -hmm. if that, if that, that, because maybe it won't be an issue at all. Right. And definitely, um, you know, I want to make sure to get an accurate representation of everyone in Canton. And so um, it definitely can be filled out by other people for someone if they can't fill it out themselves, yeah. too. I have two questions. So one is, my first question is, it's going to be a long survey, so you're probably not going to have people who do repeat things because some other surveys are shorter and you have people who, oh, I didn't realize I did that, and they're going to log in three times and do three different surveys. Mm -hmm. So it's not that issue with the short one. The other one, going back to the people you talked to who said, I want more information, did they, people always say they want information, but where do they want it so they can find it? Because people have the answer that nobody told me, but how there's that, that breakdown between nobody told me and did they seek the information themselves? Did they give you any ideas of where information should be posted? Because I think that that is a critical piece to this kind of, of collection of data. Yeah, so my recommendation, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, my recommendation is as many avenues as you possibly can because different populations in Canton have different needs. And so when I talk to different stakeholders about um, the elderly community, they still watch cable TV and they still read the Canton Citizen. And so I think that those things are really critical pieces. But when I talk to um, dem demographics that were younger, middle-aged, they really do use social media a lot. And so one of my recommendations is to expand the Canton Board of Health social media use beyond Facebook. Um, and I think that this doesn't have to be an extensive like daily post sort of thing, but just when if you could have an Instagram account or a Twitter account to be able to post information so that you're reaching that younger demographic, I think that that's helpful. Another um, thing that I encountered when I talked to the different key informants was that word of mouth, especially in Canton, is still really strong because it's um, such a tight-knit community, which a lot of people highlighted. And so I think that um, being able to utilize a network of organizations and business owners and people where pe places where people congregate to be able to put things on the bulletin boards or um, I, I went to a cafe I went to cafes a lot like while I was here this summer and being able to like have things on the bulletin boards there is really helpful. Um, one of the business owners I spoke to um, she said that people come in and ask her all the time like do you know how I could like get a booster appointment or do you know like where I could go for this and so I think just like being able to utilize like the in-town network too can help um, and I think it'll just be like a learning experience as well especially with now that we have a survey to disseminate trying to figure out okay like when we posted it here all of a sudden we got like 50 more responses or okay when we advertise it like at this like 
farmer's market event, like a bunch of people came to our table and wanted to fill it out. So just seeing where, um, trying to track where people are finding out about the survey and letting that guide how you can get more information to people. Excellent, thank you. Uh, for discussions, anything anybody want to add before I go at it? <laughs> Just about staying hydrated, that was a great thing. Only on Facebook, but still, that you, you posted. <laughs> being careful in the heat, because it is very dangerous. Yeah. Any COVID discussions, James? Um, no, we're um, currently in that seesaw plateau that we've been at, uh, anywhere between 20 and 30 or so cases a week. Um, so, and again, as we've discussed before, we know that it's undercounted, um, so infection rate is likely higher, um, but the good news is, you know, hospitals are still being able to treat patients, um, you know, and there's concern of the new variants, and we'll see where that goes. We'll continue to monitor. What is a uh, positive rate? Last time I looked, we were close to 7%. Uh, 6.42% again this week. This week. Uh, so we're down a fraction of a point again. Um, so we're still hovering right around that, uh, between five and seven percent. And how are we doing with the uh, children five and under with the shots? Um, they're slowly increasing. Um, I, from talking with multiple parents, there's some hesitancy with the vaccines. Um, many parents think they were rushed out, um, despite the efficacy data. And it's they're worried. From most of the parents I've talked to, have been worried that you know, just like we've seen, we've got you know, we get our boosters then the new variant comes along. So they're concerned primarily right now of the vaccine when it was issued, you know, was based on the Delta, Delta and early Omicron. Now, how is it gonna affect them against, you know, BA4 and 5 variants? Um, and there's no data for that yet. It's just too early to tell. Um, so there's a lot of hesitancy, it seems like from discussions I've had with uh, community members about that. Um, so again, it's gonna be kind of one of those have to try and talk to them. Um, usually, you know, their pediatricians are the ones that give them the best advice on that um, as well. Um, so we really encourage parents to talk to their pediatricians about the benefits and risks of it. Are we doing five and under clinics? Uh, we had um, one scheduled and um, we had it posted on our page. We um, had, a, you know, school send out communication uh, for it. And uh, we'd partnered with the state in uh, Transformative Healthcare, which is one of the local ambulance services, and zero people showed up, unfortunately. Um, so they did cancel that second clinic um, for that. Um, but we, you know, had it, it could have been timing, it could have been a whole number of things, um, but we have had the clinics out there and there's been minimal response. Um, and pharmacies, you know, we'll keep referring people to providers. I suggested somebody they call contact CVS. Um, so then I spoke with CVS, and they said, "Oh no, we want them to go to their, uh, pediatricians." So um, typically, if it's you know above over five, you know, um, local pharmacies are able and willing to vaccinate. Um, they have plenty of spots available. Um, the under fives is the recommendation for most places has been to go to see the pediatrician who are most adept at dealing with the little little ones. So for the older population, it can't be emphasized enough to have your two vaccinations, your two booster shots, immunity wanes with time. It's time to get it if you haven't. It's, we're gonna be approaching before you know it. I know it's a heat wave out there, but you know, the fall will be here 90 days and it's time to 
you know, be prepared. Okay, next I want to talk about another virus, unfortunately, monkeypox. Monkeypox is a virus that's out there, 6,000 cases in the nation, um, about 2,000 cases in Massachusetts, and it's been skyrocketing the number over the last few weeks. And the good news is it's a virus that probably will not kill us. The, uh, I think there's 25,000 cases and there's been six deaths that has been reported. And unlike COVID, it's not uh, spread through the air. Nearly half the cases in the US are in New York, California, and Illinois. 98% of the cases um, are primarily, primarily among men who have sex with other men. And the CDC recommends if, you know, isolating at home, if you come in contact with monkeypox, it takes three to four weeks uh, usually for the um, blisters to go away. And sometimes abstinence is your best case in the state in this um, day. There is a, um, a vaccine that's out there and you know people should get it as soon as possible. And that will um, really uh, make a difference. So, you know, call up your physicians and get yourself vaccinated. So monkeypox is typically not fatal, but it still can cause painful disease and permanent scarring. The risk is not high for most people now, but it could change if the virus continues to spread. And people who are at serious risk can take uh, steps to stay safe and prevent the outbreak from getting worse. So something we should all know about, unfortunately, another virus. Uh, 6,000 cases in the U.S. and I'm going to say 2,000 in, I believe it was Massachusetts. A third of the cases are in Massachusetts? That's what? No, uh, 150 currently in Massachusetts. That's it? Yeah, 150. Um, in a, uh, last Friday was um, 7,500 in, in the U.S. Okay, so according to, let's see, most cases were in New York, California, Illinois. So I'm wrong on that. So 100 and about 150 as of uh, last Friday. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Okay, we also ticks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, line. We haven't talked about line for a while. It's out there. So if you're going to go um, hiking, I uh, would recommend wearing um, socks and long pants. And DEET, don't forget DEET. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We went over the minutes. Any other discussions? No. So how about a motion to adjourn the meeting at 627? Motion to adjourn at 627. <laughs> next meeting, September 12th. Oh, next meeting, September 12th. I'll oh, and our next meeting will be on um, Monday, 912 in the same room at 6 p.m. So is there a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn at 627. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Motion passes 3-0. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks.